episode number 21 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast, recorded April 25th, 2019. My name's Eric. I'm the host of the show. I'm based in southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, VE3 EPN, and computer geek. I got into preparedness when I was working frontline emergency services and witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events such as ice storms, power outages, etc. I started a small preparedness company to help get people prepared and to be able to look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer. Greetings from the West Coast. My name is Ian and I live on a small hobby farm. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sport shooter, reloader, and my farm is designated handyman. Let the shit talking begin. <laughs> I'm Alan. My friends and family call me a safety nerd. Uh, my background as a first responder has developed a strong mind for safety. I teach coach my family and friends to be better prepared. I'm a locksmith by trade. I've worked in the physical security industry for more than 20 years now. All right. Every time I say that, I feel old. <laughs> Uh, we won't make any old jokes. Uh, so we've got some really dirty content for you in this episode. Uh, see, we're still going with the jokes here. Uh, we're going to start off with some news articles related to preparedness in the outdoors. Uh, next, we're going to be letting you know how we've improved our preparedness since our last episode. Then we're going to get into the main topic of the episode, hygiene during an emergency. Moving to some right. news articles. Um, continuing to follow this, uh, the... Uh, cyclone that hit uh, Mozambique in that general area. Uh, related to the show, there's a uh, there's now been a bit of a cholera outbreak, which is um, directly related to a lack of hygienic conditions within the uh, um, within the community. So that's uh, it's not a, not a good thing. And how long would that cyclone roll through? Oh, I want to say six weeks. Wow, that's gonna be a yeah, long outbreak. Yeah. It's, it's well, that's I mean the. Anyways, we'll talk about that more later. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, for myself, I just thought I'd throw in a news article that Emergency Preparedness Week is coming up on May 5th, uh, May 5th to 11th. I threw in the link to a government website, uh, and it's got actually a bunch of pretty decent uh, resource material. So it's maybe worth a look on there. And uh, if you're looking for some basic guidance, it's actually not bad. I just thought I'd throw that link in there. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be useful. Uh, I've got a link in here from City News. I'm sure everybody, at least in southern Ontario, who's been watching the news the last little bit has seen uh, the flooding happening in and around the area of Bracebridge. Uh, they're currently in a state of emergency. Uh, continuing water levels are rising. Um, and uh, yeah, there's uh, in the article, there's a bunch of videos. Uh, they're worth checking out just to see the, the actual amount of water that's flowing through there. Uh, it's, a, it's a considerable amount. Obviously, they've, uh, they've called a state of emergency. So... Uh, there's been a number of roads washed out in the area, uh, so it's just something to have a look at and, and see if you can pull it into your plans. That flooding is also carried on through Quebec and most of uh, most of New Brunswick as well. It's uh, it's a pretty um, pretty nasty uh, pretty nasty thing happening right now. It's the uh, Magnetowan River. Or is it uh, is it part of the lake as well? Uh, let's look in here, like the the river for the most part in the article. Yeah, I know one of our uh, one of our. Uh, messaging group people there is also lives nearby and she was yep. saying it's, it's uh it's kind of interesting because yeah there's there's some side roads that are possible but uh, for the most part there's up to two or three feet of water on the roads right it's not good yeah. well, so maybe we'll move into what we've done lately for our preps so for myself i get caught up on the show notes here we've got a blank page <laughs> <laughs> i can assure you we haven't done nothing <laughs> uh, so for myself, uh, I got the truck serviced. Uh, I had a check engine light on, so uh, it's time to get that in and have it looked at. I uh, pulled the codes and, and figured out what the problem was. But, um, 
ended up thinking I was going to fix it myself, but it was a part that was crammed way into a small little spot up against the firewall. So I, uh, I opted uh, after some discussions with my wife about purchasing some new tools. Um, <laughs> she won. They went to the shop. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it's back in good working order now. The uh, the oil pressure sensor, there's a little filter underneath it that got all clogged up. So I had to get pulled out and the oil pressure sensor had to be uh, be swapped out. But uh, if, if there was ever a time where we had to, uh, to leave the house for, for an emergency purpose, that's going to be our main vehicle for getting out of here. So uh, I, I make it a point to make sure that it's in in good order and is running correctly and uh, and it just can't have a check engine light and, and no oil running to where it needs to go because at that point the truck doesn't work so it's back in good order now uh, i also dipped into a little bit of cryptocurrency investing and uh, i know you people who were listening to the financial episode uh, we said stay away from that and our, our expert uh, taha there said uh, you know steer clear but uh, the geek in me wanted to play around with it a little bit uh, and i've made a whopping three cents that's a whole nickel that's that's yeah. money. And, exactly and as a matter of fact that's probably more than you'd make an in interest in a savings account every month so ah, this is true but uh probably in the next hour or so i'll have lost four dollars but it, it's uh, <laughs> it's very volatile and it jumps all over the place but i wanted to just kind of goof around with it a bit and so i did and uh, also i finally after uh, quite a while of not uh, making it out to the range I, I was able to get out with a couple of buddies the other night and we put about uh, 300 rounds each down range uh, it was a good uh, good evening. Uh, a couple of buddies and uh, and a bunch of rounds down range. You can never go wrong. So that yeah. uh, that's my list. Actually, it's kind of funny. Do you remember back in the good old days when you know you could actually look under the hood of a car and you know he had space to work around the engine and you could actually pick out what each individual part was. Yeah, my my truck's not too bad for that. It's uh, it's a Silverado, so there's there's a fair amount of room except that one spot, of course. Yeah, it's interesting because like, I had my head underneath the hood of a 74 Volvo today and uh, just by weird coincidence. And, you know, I'm mechanically disinclined. Is that a word? I don't know how to describe it, but I'm just not. It is now. Yeah, it is now. <laughs> and it's funny because even I could pick out all the parts and I was like, okay, I understand what he's doing there. And it was actually, it was very interesting just the, the change between now. It's like every single square inch is crammed full of stuff in, in under the hood. And, you know, back in the good old days, it was, you could see why people were shade tree mechanics, right? Yeah. And if, uh, if it's not crammed in a corner, it's got a bunch of wires running to it, and it's run by the computer. Yeah, and it's interesting because I don't think anything he was saying, nothing was electronic. It was all either hydraulic or uh, or manual. Well, that's uh, that's good for when those EMPs strike. That's right. Well, yeah. First thing that went through my head today. So <laughs> as for myself, uh, I had actually the parents over uh, for a good chunk of last week, so that kind of reduced the spare time I had available because we had uh, some visiting to do. Um, also had some health issues myself over the last week, so that kind of put me down for the count. Uh, but in the couple days I actually was up and around, um, did a bunch of uh, reloading. So I actually had the press prep done uh, over the winter, and then so I made some ammunition for the summer shooting season. I uh, managed to clack together some 308, uh, like just regular plinking rounds for 50 cents a round, which is about half the regular cost what you pay in a store. That's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, I had to wait for some sales to happen before I got it for that low, but you know, it happens. And when the sales come on, just stack it deep, right? And yep. then, uh, so then I visited my self-reliance mentor today. So I had my very first welding lesson. So when my parents came to visit, they actually dropped off a free, uh, well, I guess free from my parents, MIG welder, a uh, very basic setup, but I wanted to see if it could make it happen. And um, I brought it over to the old self-reliance mentor there and he kind of took a look at it and he kind of fiddled away and I watched it off for about 20 minutes while he made it serviceable because it wasn't working when I got it. And then uh, we started on the absolute basics of welding. So as you can see by this really nasty looking back end of this thing, 
I started, you know, doing some lines of welding and everything else. And before you know it, within a couple hours, we had uh, clapped together my very first uh, shooting target, which is uh, good. Mm -hmm. And you pay about 50 bucks for that in Cabela's. (laughs) And uh, then I went whole hog and we did this, which is awesome. And half inch thick. So it's pretty much good to shoot anything with. So uh, when the time comes, that's a nice resounding uh, steel gong. You get a nice clang when you you hit the target and it's a good feedback. Especially Nothing better than hearing that clang after you, you pop around off. <laughs> well, it's actually, even for new shooters, it's actually a yeah. kind of like a feedback that they really, really dig. And like, whether it be popping balloons, breaking clay targets, or getting the steel gong, you know, if you're bringing somebody to the range for the first time, you can't ask for better, like, positive feedback than that. Oh, no, yeah, it builds confidence very quickly. Yeah. 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 Targets are fantastic. Yeah, and so then uh, we carried on while I was over there at the uh, the mentor's place. We uh, He brought out brought me to the back 40 there and he actually has a working wood mill like he's got like a giant bandsaw set up and so uh we got to give me some basic instruction on that thing so i end up slicing my very first uh i think they're one by sixes one by fives today and that was cool. uh, kind of nice. neat yeah so i'd never done that before so two new things today and then um i guess as far as a maintaining the body and the mind thing i had to go and get my first set of prescription glasses a couple of days ago so that means a sure sign of getting old but it's uh when the zombies do come you want to be able to see them so you can at least you know hit them. so yeah you want to be able to read the show notes and you don't want to be blind during the zombie apocalypse so no. <laughs> just uh make sure that you protect your eyes when you're uh when you're welding there's there's nothing worse than uh than welder flash yeah, actually, interesting. I had one of those auto darkening uh, helmets uh, yep. that my, uh, my dad dropped off as well. It was new in the box. It was fantastic. So nice. I was able to test that out. It worked great. So te- under the testing the gear uh, banner, that was a uh, positive test. And then, uh, like I said, by this time next week, I should probably be looking like this. It'll be uh, nerd <laughs> better than my dollar store uh, uh, cheaters, hopefully. So <laughs> nice. Uh, I'll have to update the show notes as I go along. It's been a busy week for training, but uh, got to. Uh, my, uh, my SCBA time down under a minute, which is uh, which is an accomplishment for somebody so new as me. Um, get uh, get to play with some gear this weekend, which is going to be cool. And then we're booking a uh, booking another camping trip probably next month to uh, actually go out and spend some time under the under the stars uh, in the uh, in the early part of the season before it gets too hot. So that's uh, that's my my big news for the week. It's been uh, it's been a week of uh, testing and training. So. What you said, SDCA time? SCBA, my um, self-contained apparatus. Oh, okay. Big, big air tank on the back and the Darth Vader mask and uh, not breathing in the black stuff while you're putting the wet stuff on the hot stuff. Excellent. Yep. So that's, nice. uh, it's, it's, it's also the only way to, uh, to not die when there's no oxygen around. So. <laughs> and generally, that's the goal, right? <laughs> that, is, that is the goal. That is the number one goal. Yep. So I can I can get that I can get whole that whole apparatus on in under a minute and have like be breathing on air, which is uh, it was impressive. Significant significant improvement from the first time I tried it. <laughs> Seven or eight minutes the first time. So there we go. That's uh, that's my it's improvement all, this week. It's all about mu- uh, muscle memory, right? Exactly. It's all about getting the reps in. You got it. Well, maybe we'll move into the main topic of the show. All right, so I guess why are we uh, talking about hygiene in general? Um, historically, I guess, you know, uh, many, if not <laughs> the vast majority of deaths, other than, you know, invasions or whatever have you, would be caused by uh, bad hygiene or primitive sanitation. So, I mean, it was really in, until about 250 years ago that people really got on the sanitation train. You know, you talk about the uh, Civil War surgical suites or uh, people dying from what they call it, thought was bad air, but it you know, in case it was just cholera or whatever have you, they didn't know exactly what the cause was. But uh, once they got on the sanitation train, people uh, really started to live longer. So um, under the preparedness banner, you know, just a pretty easy point to think about. 
your normal potty may not be working got, in an emergency. You're gonna have you're gonna have to do something with it. You've got six months worth of food. You have the ability to deal with six months worth of uh, worth of waste. Yeah, so you True. still have to, you still have to poop no matter what. So I thought we'd just uh, talk about that tonight for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's something we gotta you gotta think about, right? So actually, well, you got Oh, go ahead. Uh, there was uh, even as recently as um, recently as happening right now in Mozambique, there was um, they've got the uh, they're having that cholera problem I, re I referenced in the um, in the news section. But uh, I remember reading about um, uh, reading about Hurricane Katrina when the uh, when the hospitals were still occupied, but everything from the fifth floor down once the uh, once the levees gave way, all the sewage started backing up. You gotta you gotta have some place to go. Yep. And especially if you're in a case place, you know, like Bracebridge right now, like if they're dealing with flooding, I mean, clearly their sewer's not working, you know, yep. if, or septic fields, I mean, septic fields get flooded, it's the same thing. It still won't work. Absolutely. No, so we're, on I guess, a, we're on a tank here and there's, when it's been raining heavily, you can tell like the, it, it takes, it takes longer for the, for the, uh, the, the sinks to drain. Oh yeah, absolutely it would. Um, luckily, we're like super duper downhill where we are, so we don't really have that problem. But of course, it's just over the base of the septic tank will, or our septic field will just overflow and go uh, right into the the field below that. And you can see where um, if it wasn't for that, we'd have a, a problem with drainage for sure. Yep. So I guess we should talk about the uh, the diseases uh, caused by hygiene or lack of hygiene, should I say? Um, cholera, dysentery, and tuberculosis. Uh, so we actually have. Uh, I put a couple of links to some articles in there, but also uh, just a quick mention that we still have, uh, you know, rampant cases of tuberculosis up north uh, with hygiene issues and poor sanitation issues. Um, back when I used to live up north, actually, just a quick story, um, we used to have to use the honey buckets. And uh, if you weren't ultra careful with that, yeah, you could have some problems. So you have to really worry about that for sure. And yep. uh, cholera and dysteria. I don't think we too much, uh, have too much in the way of cholera here, do we? Um, it's not a it's not a hugely rampant thing. It's also something that's fairly easy to control. And um, I mean, we have um, like we have overall a fairly you know fairly clean drinking water system, which helps prevent that for the most part. Uh, but that's as long as you're drinking out of a municipal water system or your your well water gets tested on any kind of regular basis. Yeah, and of course we go back to the water episode. But I mean, if you don't have a UV filter or a Berkey or something that's going to take any sort of uh, pathogens out, that could be a problem too, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, so I mean, I, I encourage the listeners to uh, to research cholera, dysentery, tuberculosis. You know, signs, causes, not so much cures per se, but like at least how to prevent it. Uh, but number one, wash your hands. Yeah, you can't. You you just cannot wash your hands enough, no matter what you're doing. Every time you change tasks, I go through this every time I teach a first aid class. Every time you change tasks, before and after you handle food, before and after you handle food ha food preparation surfaces. Wash your hands. Take off your rings. Take off your watches. Scrub under your nails. Get it all clean. Um, interestingly enough, when we did uh, did the stop the bleed class uh, a couple of weeks back, the, um, the the trauma nurse that was that was leading the class mentioned that you don't have to get any fancier than soap and water. That's what that's what they use in an OR to get to to prep a, to prep a wound for surgery. So it's probably good enough for your hands if you're as long as you do a thorough job of it. And that's the key too, is a thorough job. Yep. Um, something we, something I was always taught, and it's something I still pass on, especially to my kids, is um, saying "Happy Birthday" twice while you're washing your hands. Two happy birthdays. What happens if you forget the words? Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, little star. Also, oh uh, boy. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, so we should actually like uh, backtrack for a second. So a bit of a subject matter expert. This is one of my little uh, favorite things to talk about because back in college, when I was trying to pay for uh, for college itself, I had to do a one of my many jobs was working on the back of a uh, septic truck and a toilet truck. Um, so yeah, I guess we could insert the poop jokes here. <laughs> I'm it's waiting. It's a job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we took shit from anybody. Uh, <laughs> one man's shit was another man's gold. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> And of course, uh, yeah, it was my father's septic company and uh, a portable toilet company. And so, of course, we used to make jokes that he was the king of shit and the, therefore I was the prince. But uh, anyway, so backing up to the the original thing we were talking about here with hygiene, uh, during the, the, you know, when times are tough, shit hit the fan type of things, uh, scenario, uh, one of the things you want to have around is a uh, preferably a septic system versus a city sewer system, if you can at all help it, because um, let's face it, city sewer systems don't work nearly as well. If you have a gravity-fed septic field, um, meaning like it goes downhill from your house to the septic field, basically it's kind of pulse-proof, power outage-proof, everything else, um, because even septic, septic fields require a pump to pump it from your house to the field. It just as it's not an indefinite length of time because they do need to be pumped clean every once in a while. But that's a uh, you know as long as, long as you don't wait until the last minute to do it, it should give you a good year of, of service. No, for sure it will. And uh, actually, if you as long as you don't flush anything you're not supposed to down there, um, it can go up to three years easily without being pumped. And even nowadays, like the difference is when I used to have to pump them out, or I'd watch my brother do it, and I'd work the back of the truck or whatever. Um, you don't actually have to pump it clean anymore. They actually leave some stuff on the sides now to keep the bacterial kind of like starter going. And uh, the basically the way septic fields work is bacteria break things down for you and you don't have to worry about anything as long as the bacteria keep feeding on what you're feeding the septic field. So um, like I said, septic systems from a preparedness perspective are a wonderful thing to have, but uh, not everybody has that option, right? So what shouldn't you put down the uh, put down the drain to keep the septic system healthy? Uh, double ply toilet paper like that's been bleached from Costco. Like this Costco packs are no good. Uh, okay. So you want single ply toilet paper. Uh, no condoms. They don't break down. <laughs> uh, no feminine napkins. Uh, no bleach. Uh, preferably nothing chemically like paint or anything else. But basically nothing that's going to kill a bug. So uh, that kind of gives you some guidance. I mean, just like you would want to put raw alcohol down there or anything else. Uh, just... As long as it, the bacteria can break it down, you're good to go. So okay. you can even throw meat down there, if you're, like meat bits, like if you have little ground beef bits or whatever, it's not going to kill it or anything else. Um, so you'll just break it down as well. But there's uh, usually two tank systems that um, uh, take care of it. There's like a kind of a chunky style uh, tank, and then there's just like a uh, uh, brown water tank, and then it works out to the field after that to make sure it doesn't clog your field. Anybody else hungry? I'm hungry all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, try opening up one of those tanks and then you'll no, never be hungry again. Yeah. So. No, uh, there's, there's a guy down the road and his uh, he drives the stool bus, which is painted like school bus yellow. And that's, uh, um, I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, happy to not DIY that one. Yeah, if I was going to claim a case of PTSD, is be whenever one of those vacuum trucks powers up and, and uh, <laughs> then starts uh, exhausting what air is in the top of the tank. Yep. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. So anyways, long story short, uh, where I was going with this is one of the funny stories I had from uh, my experience that was during the, uh, there's something, there's a, a group of music festivals back in 1991 called Music 91. And they had a bunch of uh, random concerts going on in BC here. So this is during my high school year. And uh, one of the concerts was an MC Hammer concert. Ooh, dating myself. And uh, <laughs> it was down in Penticton. And so what they ended up doing is they had a big riot that night in Penticton. And of course, we're having to service the toilets and deal with them on a, you know, with a concert kind of level stadium audience. And all of a sudden one guy decides, Hey, let's tip the toilets. 
Of course, no, I, everybody's like, yes, yes, let's do it. And of course, I was the only one going, no, no, please don't. I have to clean it up. Uh, but they did. And so uh, we kind of cleared out of there and just waited till the riot subsided. Uh, next day, we show up there and uh, all the toilets have been tipped over, of course. So we're t- tipping them up, right? And of course, I'm breaking out my yellow duck suit and the, the pressure washer to get going. And uh, sure enough, uh, we tipped one upright. There's a guy in there. He had actually, oh. he had passed out. Uh, from booze or whatever have you and uh when they tipped over the toilet he didn't wake up and so uh he that's walked a, that's up. a lot of booze oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we i wish up. i could be that sound of sleeper oh yeah so anyway so we we tipped him up right and he's like wait a minute wait a minute i'm still in here and i'm still doing my business <laughs> so, uh, yeah <laughs> so he walked out of there and i couldn't stop laughing but then my brother who is much wiser than i was at the time says listen dude like he's got a, a serious disease issue going on there like you know who knows what he's been exposed to overnight Oh, I think we know exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And so, of course, that was like, we actually had to convince the guy to actually walk himself over to the clinic because that could literally lead to some serious health issues down the road. So that's how how you get pink eye. uh, It it could lead to some uh, serious shit. Yes, you can at least look serious. And, and not, pink eye would be the, the happiest thing that could happen at that point. I mean, even the blue chemical we used in that stuff, I wouldn't want to be bathed in either. So I don't no. know. Poseidon, Poseidon's kiss is what we used to call that in the construction industry. That's right. So have you guys uh, ever just uh, experienced Montezuma's revenge down in Mexico? Uh, never been in Mexico, so no, I haven't. All right. So I guess another thing we can talk about is uh, Montezuma's <laughs> revenge and Deli Belly, which is kind of the same thing. Um, caused by E. coli, which is another uh, hygiene issue. Sure. So it's also known as traveler's diarrhea. So it doesn't really matter where you are. They've all got different names for it, no matter which country you go to. So uh, caused by poor hygiene, usually by you or somebody handling something you ingest by not washing their hands uh, post-bathroom. So they go to the bathroom, they don't wash their hands, they handle your food, you eat it, and you get diarrhea. Awesome. It's a great weight loss program, if anybody's interested. <laughs> yeah, I remember one month I, I got Deli Belly, and I got uh, I lost about 30 pounds in a month. Wow. Yeah. Because you can't eat. But anyway, you drink lots of water to try and stay hydrated, but you can actually hear it gurgling down and you know carrying on. Ooh. So it, it's not good. But um, one thing, just as a, as a note, there's something called an oral rehydration solution that you can actually buy in a drugstore. If you ever get that, um, but it feels like Pedialyte, but more expensive. Yep. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Pedialyte, but for for grownups, I guess. But a, a fuel expedient solution for that is a can of Coke and a quarter teaspoon of salt. Um, it's not really what you want, but uh, you know, it's got sugar, it's got salt, it's got water, and uh, it's going to hopefully beat down whatever is like bugging your intestines. Uh, another thing you can do though is what we did down in Mexico was uh, lime juice, salt, sugar, water. Um, yep. And even some baking soda, if you throw that in as, as an alkali thing. Well, it's all about it's all about replacing the electrolytes for the most part, right? Which is magnesium, potassium, sodium, and then if you can't eat anything, at least get, keeps your blood glucose from dropping down too far. Yeah. So, I mean, I put an article in there as well, uh, how to deal with like a deli belly, which is something that could be you experienced, I guess, during the uh, shit at the fan situation of any sort, power outages or whatever. Um, it's just a, a good article to read beforehand just to know how to, what you're dealing with and, and how to deal with it. Absolutely. So how do we deal with it? I guess that's the next question. Aside from washing our hands seven trillion a day, which is not a bad, not a bad way to start. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, one thing you can do in the city, if you're uh, living in the city and, um, or even have a decent sized uh, plot of land, if the sewage is backed up and the land isn't completely flooded, you can always dig what they call a slit trench, which you could figure out your own way to sit over top of it, but just, uh, 
dig a trench as you use it, just fill in a little tiny bit at a time. Um, if you're lucky enough to have access to a porta potty, uh, you can just dig a different pit below it, cut out the bottom if you had to. But you know, there's a porta potty option. You can either make a field expedient one. And uh, this was actually given to me by the traveling prepper. He actually uh, sent me a text picture of this one once because uh, he actually had his sewer frozen up. It was like a mini, mini shit hit the fan situation. And so uh, I suggested getting, uh, I guess, one of those, these things. It's like a $12 uh, adapter for a top of a five-gallon bucket. And so you just fit it on top of the five-gallon bucket. And it's got a nice little toilet seat. And I was like thinking I was all clever. And he beat me. So he got a $3 bucket and a $1 pool noodle and made his own... Uh, what was in that bucket? I really oh. hope that that was water. Geez, I hope that was too. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was straight from watering the chickens. Anyway, so... You weren't uh, field testing your equipment, were you? <laughs> yeah. Shh. I thought we were going to talk about that. <laughs> that, was for the um, that was for the Patreon episode. You can take that one step further by adding uh, adding a bag. Like, right, put a trash bag in it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then you've got something to do with it. Um, a little bit of kitty litter will help keep that uh, keep the smell down while you fill that. Um, don't rely on one. One is none in this case. Yeah, and actually, uh, interesting thing about this one, though, the better solution that he gave me was the fact that, if it, think about it in wintertime, which one would you rather sit on, the gold plastic or the insulated foam? It's... Ah. it's it's, it's plush when you flush. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, this, I think that would be way warmer to sit on, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, no, it's actually a really good idea and it's much cheaper. I think he came in at about five bucks total cost between the bucket and the pool noodles. So, I think he uh, halved my cost. So, that's there good. You go. oh, that's, yeah. So, just make sure that you've got more than one because that is another surface that's another surface that will absorb bacteria to contaminate. So, it's, oh. it's a great idea. Uh, just make sure you're, you're planning to replace it and not using it as your be all end all. Yeah, because I think. And, one, well, one pool noodle will get you about what four of these, and then so if you have two or yeah. three pool noodles hanging around, you've got some disposable action right there, plus plus bleach wipes or whatever have you. Yep, and like you, like you mentioned, Alan, putting uh, a bag in the in the bucket there too will help as well for yeah. making it a little bit easier to take things out. Keep your uh, keep your liquids separated from your solids to prevent fermentation. Yep, right on. got it. And uh, you know, like this is a topic that everybody seems to forget about when they're putting their emergency plan together, right? Everybody takes for granted the fact that um, we've got access to toilets, you got access to sinks, you, you've got access to running water, uh, baths, um, showers, etc. You, you don't really think about, you know, everybody's human. You got to have a plan for where to put those bodily functions, right? But you just think, oh yeah, you know, if, if something happens, I, I'm, I'll just flush my toilet. Well, bear shit not work. Wood so high, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the you know those bodily functions that are part of being a human. Remember, it, it adds up quickly, right? So I'm looking at all you dog owners right now. The winter's over. Take a look in your backyard. Right? <laughs> What's out yep. there? Now of apply that to every single member of your household for you know a month or two. But if you, but if you bury it in snow, it doesn't exist anymore, right? Until the snow melts. Then you just have to walk around it until snow comes back the next time, and then everything's good. Yeah, until the neighbors start calling and bylaw comes <laughs> by. And, yeah, but when the yeah. shit hits the fan, there's no bylaw anymore. So it's this is true. This is true. But um, just go back up to the top uh, where Ian was talking about all the wonderful things that you can get. Oh yeah, cholera, dysentery, yeah. and I think uh, rather just uh, take a page of looking in your backyard for the dog poop yep. and realize that all your family members. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. a lot of poop. No, so have, so, have, a, have a plan <laughs> and, and work your plan at some point so you know that it's going to work. Exactly. Uh, not a whole lot to add to, uh, to Ian's notes because he, uh, you know, 
very definitely a subject matter expert. No one knows a shit like Ian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, diseases can, at the very least, incapacitate most people, um, and in many cases, they will act, they can actually kill. Um, Right now, if somebody catches a case of cholera or dysentery or tuberculosis, there's something that we can do about it. Um, if you don't have access to a pharmacy or a doctor or any of those things, then that becomes um, an Oregon Trail situation. And if you know, everybody of a certain age has played Oregon Trail at some point, and you have died of dysentery along the road. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, malnutrition and poor hygiene often go hand in hand, um, or hand in mouth, I guess. But it's it's uh, you can't have one you can't have one without the other. Um, I remember reading I forget where I want to say it was in I forget it was what book it was in, but um, during uh, during Roman conquering times, the soldiers would actually um, tip their arrows with their own excrement to increase the uh, increase the disease spread amongst the. Uh, they didn't really care about killing them at, at once, but they could make everybody sick. Um, as we as we mentioned earlier, like during the Civil War, most of the deaths occurred due to post-operative infections rather than the actual combat. So our big thing is to isolate yourself, right? Keep clean. Um, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to handle it at some point, so be prepared for that. Wear your gloves. Wear your wear a mask. Um, all of those good things. Um, change those things regularly, right? If your gloves tear, wash up, change your gloves, go back to it. Um, there are a million different isolation things you can do to prevent the spread of disease, um, masks and respirators. But the biggest thing is if there are, most of those diseases are caused by droplet spread. So isolate yourself from the droplets. Whatever works best for you uh, is a good way to do it. Um, Ian and I were talking off the air about uh, at another time about a uh, facial hair and uh, and isolation masks and um, Ian was saying that there's there's a uh, there's there's a loosened control on facial hair within certain manufacturers, um, but most of them still say you've got to have a, you've got to have a clean face to uh, you've got to have a clean face to get a good seal. So make sure that you've tested that and that you deal deal with it before. Uh, um, deal with it before it's necessary. Um, also, don't forget to stock up on hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer is, uh, it's not the its its not the perfect solution, but it's better than nothing for killing off whatever's on your hands. Actually, I gotta hop in there. I have a couple things I want to make. So, um, actually, in addition to the Civil War and the Romans, the Vietnam, in the Vietnam War, the uh, punji sticks, they, they used to have the, the pits with the, uh, the the bamboo sticks covered. Oh, yeah, in the punji pits. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, covered in poop as well. Um, I was going to mention the gloves you can get at Walmart cheap, like hundred pack for like six or eight bucks. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. It's, it's dirt cheap. So, I mean, there's no excuse not to have like a, a you know, a hundred pack of one size fits all rubber gloves. If you have allergies, like you said, the nitrile are a little better. Are they not? Yep. Nitrile, uh, avoid latex. Um, there are vinyl, vinyl and nitrile are the two, um, two most common ones. The vinyl are cheaper and they're easy to stock up on, but they're, they don't have as much stretch. So they're a little less forgiving and they're more prone to tearing in my experience. I like the nitrile gloves, the nitrile. Um, they're available in a variety of thicknesses. I find the best source for those is actually from uh, Princess Auto. They sell them as kind of mechanics gloves. Um, but again, they're cheap, they're readily available, and it's a good excuse to go to Princess Auto. Uh, <laughs> but they, uh, um, they're a little bit stretchier. Um, that's just kind of my experience. I have big hands. Um, just 
one of those tricks of the trade. Uh, if you do buy nitro gloves, don't buy the black ones. They might look really cool and really tactical, but uh, if you are using them for uh, for a medical purpose, especially in low light conditions, you can't tell the difference between blood and sweat. So and, use a lighter, use lighter color. And, and tactical tactical poop cleanup really isn't a thing, right? Well, I'm just uh, uh, multi multi purpose, right? We're, we're using <laughs> we're going to have gloves on hand. They they cover they do multiple things. Just avoid the black ones. The lighter colors um, are easier to tell what the contamination is. No, overall. absolutely. For sure, you're absolutely right on that. And so on our next episode, it's going to be uh, how to complete tactical poop cleanup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and we can continue our argument here, just so you know, the Canadian Forces also relaxed their uh, their mask requirements. They can grow beards now. That's great. Until the FDA does, I get to speak clean shaven. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, we do have a tip here in the uh, the YouTube channel from someone who's watching. Uh, in regards to uh, storing rolls of uh, toilet paper in giant vacuum-sealed bags, uh, Tim in the, uh, the live chat here says he's got over 300 rolls of toilet paper in giant, giant vacuum-sealed bags, and they go pretty flat and, and reshape very well as well. So cool. thanks for the tip, Tim. We appreciate it. I think I had something in here about that too, going for a little further down my... Uh, in my notes, something about uh, making sure that if you, when you are storing toilet paper, uh, make sure you, it's a good call to do it in vacuum bags, but also store it in a hard container. Because um, mm. if, uh, if mice get into that, they can, they can go through that pretty quickly. That's excellent nesting material for them. Oh, come on. Call it what you called it in the show notes. Shit tickets. They're called shit tickets. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're cutting loose with the language this time. You might as well enjoy it, right? Parental advisory checkbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Poop, paper, no, shit ticket, get, whatever you want to call it. Well, you actually had a very good point. The fact that you should track how much you use in a given period, um, yeah. and then try and figure out if you want to have a six month supply or whatever have you. Like three hundred rolls is epically awesome. That's fantastic. Um, that's about a, that's about a week and a half supply when I've got a house full of women. So uh, make sure make sure you track how much you're using. Do that over a set period. Multiply that out by the number of the the length of time that you feel you need to be prepared for. Um, and then keep adding to it so that you never have less than that on hand. It's a lot of tickets to the shit show. It's a <laughs> <laughs> we knew there was going to be a lot of jokes in this episode. So I think our next episode <laughs> needs to be what What do you do when you're up shit creek without a paddle? How do we improvise paddles? Yeah, so it's starting to sound like an episode of Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> With the shit analogies. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't like the analogies at all. Uh, so another, another, again, another point, and we've said this before, but I'm going to hammer this back because it's it's worth repeating. Um, the volume of soap and water that you have on hand cannot be overstated. Um, every so often, I find the like 12 pack of Irish Spring soaps on sale for about four bucks at Walmart. Buy a dozen of those, right? It's it's a it's a it's a cheap way to get yourself from becoming a statistic. Uh, in the absence of running water and uh, and soap. Um, wipes are another kind of good second tier source. Um, wet ones are kind of the retail level and they do a good job of being sanitary. Um, a resource that I've used before is uh, wipes.com. Uh, they have a fair, they have actually a a fairly wide range of wipes, including personal sanitary wipes and 
lubricating weights for equipment and all kinds of stuff. But it's uh, it, it was uh, it was started by a, a bunch of muscle heads that wanted to uh, wanted to have a way to clean gym equipment. Uh, so they're they're fairly inexpensive. They're available in bulk and they're well packaged. Well, yeah, so you family can... safe site. Oh, absolutely, a family <laughs> safe site. Yeah, I had one of those, those sketchy names to it, but uh, no, you can definitely get a, like a hundred pack of these BZK wipes. They're like a benzoyl calcium chloride or something like that, and uh, they're antiseptic wipes as well. And they, you know, they're kind of prepackaged in foil wrapped, so they stay a long time and um, obviously help clean you up with water without water, which is nice. And also, every time you go and get any kind of takeout, especially. Um, Especially uh, chicken, um, grab the grab the grab a handful of wet wipes and throw them in your glove box. They're well, on that note, on that note, don't be afraid to steal from the hotel soaps too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if, if you're not taking if you're not taking the hotel soaps and shampoo, you're doing it wrong. That's right. Well, and you've mapped out multiple exits because you've listened to previous episodes where uh, where we mentioned the fact you should map out mul- multiple exits. So uh, <laughs> just grab the soap and go. Grab the soap grab and go. go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just don't drop the soap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I went there. <laughs> uh, on a more serious topic of shit, uh, make sure that just make sure that you're well stocked. We talked. We 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 had the the demonstration of Ian's mystery liquid in the uh, in the bucket. Um, Find that with a bag. Kitty litter will help keep the uh, keep the smell down. Um, also, so will uh, so will lie. Um, but you'll uh, lie, by the way, not will I, but so will lie, and it will um, it'll help you smell down, help keep it uh, keep it solidified. Uh, make sure you're well overstocked. Always double bag that, or end up, you know, the Archduke of poop because Ian can't be dethroned. But <laughs> <laughs> Archduke of shit that has to uh, that has to be the guy who has to go clean up the buckets, and uh, you don't want to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. So, well, especially um, if somebody's really ill, you don't want to catch what they're, they're having either. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah. so make sure you sanitize the bucket every time, right? Um, bleach is a good way to do that. So are probably those BKZ wipes. Um, but sanitize the bucket. Um, and also a good idea, especially if somebody's sick, maybe have an, an additional bucket on hand that can be isolated for them. And they make them up their own stuff too. Yeah. their own shit and I don't have to deal with their shit. That's right. <laughs> Because frankly, I'm getting tired of dealing with other people's shit. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Let's get it all out now. <laughs> and another little point about um, keeping yourself hygienic and healthy is to make sure you take care of your mouth. Oral hygiene is also super important. Um, good thing to deal with when poop hits the fan, but make sure that you're taking care of your teeth, brush and floss, be well stocked as well. Ah, that's about all I have to say about my, my rather unsanitary sanitation. <laughs> so for sure, I mean, yeah, this isn't certainly a catch-all episode by any means, I wouldn't think, but, uh, you know, just one. Not like your poop bucket? That's right, not like the poop bucket. <laughs> but I mean, for sure, uh, you know, it's something that we should all sort of think about besides the, the obvious, you know, beans, band-aids, and bullets. I mean, you got to think about, you know, cleaning up everything afterwards too. So um, I think I we should all welcome more questions about this and maybe come back on it another time, but... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to raise awareness for this one for sure. Absolutely, oh, yeah. no, I think this is this is a great one where I'd love to hear from all of the uh, all of the listeners, all the viewers, um, what the other ideas are out there because this is by, of course, no means the the only way to deal with this particular situation. Um, something else that is worth mentioning: um, use your hand washing water. Um, 
when you when you do wash your hands with soap and water, keep that water. That becomes gray water that you can use to flush your toilets into your septic field. Yeah. Uh, so that you've got so you, you've got a, you're not using drinking water to to do that. So if you got any uh, shit tips, you can fire them into feedback at prepperpodcast.ca and uh, and let us know, and we'll get them on the next episode. Can we create a specific like? account for that like shit tips at preparpodcast.ca because i think this needs to be an ongoing thing okay so uh i will end that first line out if you have any shit tips you can email them to shit tips at by the time this goes to itunes yeah <laughs> and you can no longer find the podcast on itunes yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. and in places where we've currently been banned yeah <laughs> You're going to have to go to the dark web now to find the book. <laughs> Trust me, if you guys ever listen to International Liberty Death, which I love, I love those guys to death, but I mean, if those guys can stay on iTunes, I'm sure we can too with the shit jokes. Oh, I'm sure we'll be just fine. I'll, I'll check the parental advisory box for this one, and uh, I'm sure they'll be okay. <laughs> All right, uh, should we, we uh, move into the podcast challenge? I think we should. Right on. So podcast challenge this week, uh, in keeping with our, our shitty line of, of reasoning here, um, let's arrange an alternate means of dealing with bathroom waste. So have a water-free way of sanitizing afterwards. Uh, we mentioned Purell, I think, uh, you know, alcohol, uh, liquid gel, these uh, BZK wipes, wet ones, whatever have you, uh, please uh, just make sure you have a way to uh, eliminate your, uh, yourself and then eliminate the waste afterwards. Um, by the way, spend the extra couple of dollars on the uh, on the, the on the hand sanitizer from the drugstore, not the dollar store. Uh, I find the stuff from the dollar store just it's really sticky and it doesn't it doesn't feel clean afterwards. Whereas the the foaming you know Zep or Purell version from the drugstore, a couple of dollars more, but I find it to be more effective. Good to know. Yeah, just one of those one of those experiential things. Let's move into uh, upcoming events. So we've still got the uh, 2019 annual Preppers Meet in Desboro, Ontario, uh, happening July 11th to the 14th. Uh, head over to the website at uh, annualpreppersmeet.com to uh, to check out all the events. I know they are still updating it, uh, so a lot of the old 2018 stuff is still up there. Uh, but uh, check it out. It's, uh, it's always a good time. It's a good couple of days, some good training. Uh, they've got a Facebook page as well. If you want to head over to Facebook and look them up there, you can check them out and, uh, and get talking with everybody that has been or is going and... Uh, yeah, it's always a good time, so check it out at uh, annualpreppersmeet.com. Cool. I've got the uh, Western Canada Hot Springs Meet uh, exactly one month from today. May 25th, 26th, uh, it's the weekend after the May long weekend. Uh, it's local at Hot Springs. I threw a couple links in the show notes on how to get there, what it's all about. Uh, we'll have some campcraft discussion, meet up for like-minded people, a bit of an adventure to get there. And on the maps.me app, you can uh, easily find your way there as well if you need directions. Um so far, I've got the time off. Uh, I think my cousin's showing up with uh, his significant other. I've got uh, a couple other guys, the preparedness of mine has showed up, so uh, at least I won't be by myself so far. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, July 6th as well, podcaster charity shoot in Drumheller, Alberta. So everyone is welcome to that one. Uh, planned events so far include, seem to be a maple seed course, which is a 22 marksmanship course, a stop the bleed class, and uh, I understood that something about a handgun class, I'm not sure exactly what's going on there but it's just a fun shoot as well so it should be a good time uh that's july 6th in drumheller alberta alberta Ooh, there we go <laughs> anybody in southwestern ontario if you if you're interested in a stop the bleed class i'm more than happy to set that up 
uh, it's done free of charge. Um, and there are a couple of licensees around here, including LHSC, and they will come out and do a do a class. So if if, uh, if you're in Southwestern Ontario and you are interested in that, um, either find me on Facebook, which or on the Instagram, which you can do later at the end of the show, or shoot an email to uh, Eric, and he will pass it on to me, and I'm happy to set that up. Uh, I think that's something everybody should have. If you have any interest in being prepared to save a life, it is an excellent resource. Awesome. I'm interested. <laughs> Can so, you know would I, so would I be. I'm just on the wrong side of the country. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's only a hop, skip, and a jump away. I mean, it's only three time zones, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. 15, 20 minute drive tops, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. <laughs> All right. So we move into uh, shout outs. So I, I always lose interest in the, in the show notes before I get here and and continuously forget. So uh, <laughs> I'll pass on this one, guys. No problem. I just added mine about I don't know a minute ago. Uh, How about your significant other for like uh, you know giving you the time to come to your podcast or something? I don't know. Oh, she's she's giving she's giving me the eye from the after right now. It's uh it's it's been a little while. So <laughs> oh boy, love, love uh, you, darling. <laughs> Uh, so I've got a shout out to uh, Chris Gilmore, who uh, is working hard to get uh, Survive the Storms up and running. He was on uh, an episode or a couple episodes ago with us. Uh, his uh, instructional uh, series there, Survive the Storms, is starting to take off and uh, he's starting to get some people educated. So just a quick shout out to uh, say thanks for uh, supplying something out to the preparedness community that uh, is certainly going to get some education out there. Very cool. All right. I got a couple uh, for a username Flumzer from Canadian Gun Nuts. Um, just a quick shout out to him. Just to remind him it's a small world. And then the uh, the self-reliance god today for uh, being patient uh, while he was instructing me. I think he only laughed once or twice while I was uh, starting my welds. And then he was very generous with his time. So I thought I'd throw that out there to tell him I was uh, very appreciative of it. Welding is, a, welding is one of those things... In- absolutely love welding and if you are not terrible at welding when you begin you are some kind of screw. everybody's bad at it when they start oh yeah no it's, it's funny it's it's quite the skill set it's not as uh you know as once you get going it's not as bad as i thought it'd be but and you get right into it actually it's quite funny but uh yeah the first couple times you're like oh, you know it's like that fl-. it's just like when you go first go shooting rather the flash the bang whatever yeah. uh you're just like well okay i can get right into on this and it's not as not as uh overwhelming as i thought that's for sure so yeah, uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um, one of the, very cool if you uh, check out on uh, on YouTube, there are a million videos out there of uh, people just like you can weld right off a truck if you've got a couple of uh, couple of big deep cycle batteries um, and some cables. You can actually stick weld without without a welder just by using the uh, using a couple of a couple of truck batteries. So it's uh, it's the next next level there for for when the shit hits the fan and you need to fix something. Yeah, actually, I was asking uh, my mentor there about today, like just using a uh, you know a screaming demon, the old champion generator, and yeah, uh, yeah that'll work. It uh, as long as you're not trying to use an inverter style, it um, you can as long as it's one of those generators that throws out tons of power, you can and use one of those for sure. So I mean, our one that handles our water pump would definitely handle the uh, welding setup. Yep. Oh, cool. So if you need to uh, build your outhouse out of metal or something. Go. Or I'm thinking like the empty tank traps or like the, you know, the, the, the big post sticking out from your house during Mad Max scenario, you know, you <laughs> tack those in place. You might have them pre a preposition or something, just tack them into place when time comes. Rakes, rakes with axes for the zombies. <laughs> the, rake, the axe hits in the face, no more zombies. That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we'll move into email and iTunes reviews. Uh, so no written reviews on iTunes or uh, Podbean. 
Uh, however, we are up to 19 five-star reviews. Uh, when we've got that uh, one four-star review, but as I keep saying, don't don't worry about that little guy. It's okay. I think I think when we hit twenty, we need to stop mentioning the four-star. I think that's our. I think that's that's a good goal there. Uh, let, guys, let us let us know what's what's uh, what's up. If you uh, if you've got any comments or questions or feedback, we, we like we like talk, talking about these emails. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's uh, the the inbox has been empty for the last couple of episodes. So, you know, fire an email into uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca and and let us know what you like, what you don't like, and uh, we'll and talk about it on the next show. Prepperpodcast.ca. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that one. <laughs> all right uh so i guess that means it's time to bring things to an end here so i'm going to uh, bring episode number 21 of the canadian prepper podcast to an end uh, you can find the podcast on itunes podbean spotify or your favorite podcast app uh, please help us out take a few minutes submit a review it helps other people find us you can also find us at prepperpodcast.ca we record these shows live on youtube chats uh, if you want to get an early peek of the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Island Retreat, and click the notifications tab. That will give you alerts when we're going live. You can find me directly on Instagram at PPSWO um, or send an email through Eric and he will forward it on to me. Right on. You can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. And you can also find me giving my two cents worth on Canadian Patriot Podcast, also available on iTunes and YouTube. There you're going to find us discussing the merits of a freer society, exposing more government waste uh, with various news articles, and squirreling off on the uh, tactically driven conversation. Right, so uh, please check out Rapid Survival at uh, rapidsurvival.com. You can uh, get me there at the live chat while you're buying some prepper gear. Uh, you can also email me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and you can tune in next episode where we're going to discuss vehicle gear and setup from a preparedness perspective. Until next time, stay safe, be prepared, and keep learning.